Welcome to the review. This is a short show designed to find, evaluate, and explore the resources that matter to your congregations and communities. Sometimes they'll be very practical, and other times they'll be pretty theoretical. But above all, we hope you find this show enjoyable. And we've had a lot of fun making it, so you may as well come along for the ride and have some fun with us. Welcome to the Center for Congregations podcast. This is a bonus episode we call The Review, where we review resources that might be helpful for your congregation. I'm here with Ben Tapper, and I am Abby Reese Miller. And today we're going to be talking about the Legacy Museum and National Memorial for Peace and Justice that Ben attended in Montgomery, Alabama last year. The Center for Congregations has the benefit of using professional development dollars to go to do different experiences that will enrich our professional lives. And this is what Ben chose as his professional development last year. So Ben, tell us why you decided on these museums. Absolutely. So in my personal life and professional life, I do a lot of learning, but also teaching and consulting around issues of racial equity and anti-racism, right? It's kind of my thing. And so as I was thinking about what professional development I wanted to do, I'd heard about this museum. It's a, a museum that is actually, it's two things. There's the museum and there's the memorial. Both are under the umbrella of an organization called the Equal Justice Initiative, which was founded by Brian Stevenson who is a former, maybe even still an attorney, but he's been kind of on the forefront of championing racial equity, championing anti-racism, especially when it comes to systemic racism within our country. And he was the one who wrote Just Mercy, correct? Correct. Yep. He wrote Just Mercy. Absolutely. And then the movie came from that as well. Yep. Yep. You're thinking of the right dude. Yeah. Cool. So I'd heard of like his work and learned about this museum that was opening up. And specifically, I heard about the lynching memorial. And I was really curious about this because, you know, we all have been taught that lynching happened. But as I've done more of my research, I realized no one explains to us the scope of lynching in the United Mm -hmm. States. I mean, it it was just atrocious mind-boggling how frequently it occurred. And so the idea that they had created, that this organization, Equal Justice Initiative, had created a memorial to the thousands of lynching victims that we know of in the U.S. kind of took me back. And I love to travel. And so I figured, well, let me see if I can use professional development dollars just to go visit this museum and the memorial. So that's how I made the choice to go there. And how did your experience there impact your faith? Great question. You know, it's a great question because I actually wrote an article that was published in an online magazine called Bearings Online dealing with that question. And the question that the- Oh, so you're a published author, I hear. I got a few articles out there floating around the intranets. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Truth be told. (laughs) Truth be told. Y'all don't know. So the article poses the question, what does faith have to do with justice? And we can put the article in the show notes as well, so y'all can read it. But this is something that was published early 2020. I visited the museum in November of 2019, before the pandemic hit. And the idea for the article came from a conversation I had right before my trip ended. I had visited the museum, I had gone to the memorial, and I was standing in the memorial gift shop, just kind of like doing a final look around. I'd just seen uh, an exhibit that contained the soil from each lynching site. And I was talking to a gentleman that worked there. 
And I told him who I was. I was like, you know, hey, I'm a recent seminary grad, been a minister, worked as a chaplain, and I work for this organization. And so I wanted to come just kind of check this out. And he he was surprised. He was surprised that I was a Christian and that I wanted to visit. Because from his experience, Christianity didn't have a lot to do with racial justice, right? Mm. It kind of took me aback, you know, because the circles that I move in, racial justice is a key part of like the faith for myself and for a lot of my friends. And again, the circles that I move in, the academics that I know, that is our faith. It's rooted in justice. But he was talking about different prominent national Christian figures that we know, people that you'll see as news pundits, people that you'll see on talk shows. And to him, these people represented the Christian brand. And he looked at them and he said, they clearly have nothing to do with justice, know nothing about justice and want nothing to do with justice. Mm -hmm. So it was weird to him that like my faith had led me here. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of walked away from that interaction, just wrestling with this question of what does it mean for faith and justice to coincide? So when you ask me how it impacted my faith, I think it just reminded me of the intersections. It reminded me of the faith that I have now, which is a hard-won faith, meaning that I had to go through a lot of work, a lot of deconstruction to get it, to claim it, to have it. And that is a faith rooted in the experience of oppression, rooted in the experience of trauma. And it's a faith in a divine being, a spirit, a God, if you will, that cares about that and that is working for the liberation of all people. And so a place like this, a museum like that, a memorial like that is very much in line with the faith that I have and with the God that I believe I'm in relationship with. Mm-hmm. Right. And scripture says a lot about injustice and suffering. It does. <laughs> so the fact that there's a place that is a memorial to that, of course, is going to impact your faith and how you see God as interacting with injustice, suffering, and pain in the world. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes our faith can lose context and scope and perspective. Mm -hmm. And so one of the blessings of being at that museum and memorial is that it reminds you not only of what has happened, but of what could happen in the future. And it reminds you of the consequences of not acting, you know, so... You haven't asked me this yet, but I know you will. So like for those ministers, right, that might consider going or those lay leaders that might consider going, one of the benefits you get out of it is that you get to see and bear witness to the history that took place in Montgomery and to the history and lineage of other Christians that have put their lives on the line for justice. But then you also, especially when you're at the lynching memorial, I mean, you're looking at thousands of names of people that were murdered for no other reason than racial terrorism. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you you were confronted with the reality that if I don't act, if I don't combat this, people lose their lives. Right. At the end of the day, that is what can happen. And so it almost, it wakes you up. Right. And it can Mm -hmm. be kind of, I think, like a shot of epinephrine for your faith when it comes to justice. Mm -hmm. And for people that are in my shoes, a white American that may not know much about the history of our African-American brothers and sisters, I'm sure it can be an opportunity to glean understanding, compassion, knowledge of how to partner with our brothers and sisters in supporting justice here and now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that the museum does specifically, and I'm speaking about them as separate because they are two separate physical locations, right? They're both in Montgomery, Alabama, but they're like five minutes apart from each other. The museum especially does a great job of helping you understand the narrative 
and the full story of racial injustice in the U.S., right? So it starts where this story always starts, which is shadow slavery, right? And so you, you kind of get a very immersive experience with that. But then it walks you through segregation, through Jim Crow, through the lynching era, through mass incarceration up to present day. And so you can see these different epochs and how they're all connected. And so I think that might be one of the greatest benefits for people that are coming from a white perspective or just don't have the extensive knowledge about the history. I think you walk away from that experience understanding how some of these things are connected and how it isn't just about slavery, right? Or it isn't just about mass incarceration. There's a web of injustice and these are all part of it, but it also humanizes each element. And so you can't, you can't go through there without like knowing deep down that these are people, these are lives, these are families that were affected and impacted and are still being impacted by this. So if nothing else, I think you walk away with a deeper level of understanding and hopefully a greater capacity for empathy. Mm -hmm. And then that capacity for empathy coupled with the knowledge you have are going to do wonders for your ability to kind of walk alongside people of color as they are working for their liberation. Mm -hmm. And you kind of answered it here, but I was going to ask, why do a museum experience, a memorial experience, as opposed to reading a book about it? Mm. Now, not to say the book is not helpful and good, but why decide to invest in the memorial museum experience? Yeah. Excellent question. Excellent question. I think we've talked about different learning styles and different styles benefit different people. And so being able to be in a physical space and see the way things are presented, especially at the museum, and and the museum does a great job. So there's text on the walls that you can read, but there are like interactive displays. There are things that look like holograms. There is audio, there's visual, there are different ways that the information is presented. And so because of that, it might sink in differently for you than it would if you were just reading a book or listening to an audiobook. Plus, you've got the pictures, you've got the in-person experience, the communal experience of going through that space while other people are also going through that space. And just like in the way that going to attend a worship service in community might be different than worshiping at home by yourself. I think it's something similar, whereas going to this museum or going to the memorial and not only having your own experience of just like shock and awe and deep grief and rage, but noticing how other people around you are experiencing it and then being able to know that you are part of a larger body of witnesses to this thing. It's moving and it's important and I think it helps plant the seeds that we are in this together and that when it seems like we're alone in the fight and we're tired, we can remember that sensation of witnessing the atrocity together, of holding rage together, of of holding hope together, and thus persevering together. And I think it's those seeds that are planted when we're doing a thing together that's beyond just reading or beyond just listening. And so those are some of the benefits that you get from being there in person. Mm-hmm. In a upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about my visit to the Japanese American National Museum. And the way I would have answered that question is very similar. It's one thing to read about history. It's another thing to see it up close. So it's one thing to hear about the internment camps that we sent Japanese Americans into. It's another thing to see it. So I think there's power in seeing it up close and personal. All right, Ben, you already kind of answered it, but I'm going to ask it again. Who is this good for? Who in our congregations need to attend this museum? 
as we always say, everyone. But I think in particular, it's useful for anyone that is trying to develop a lesson plan or a speaking series around issues of racial justice, because you're going to walk away with a lot of content and a lot of inspiration about how to help your congregation or your community wrestle with this issue more effectively. I also think it could be useful for families that want to do like a spring break trip, right? Like it's not going to be a fun beach vacay, but if you take a day and you hit the museum and the memorial, oh, and don't forget the cafe. They have a wonderful cafe and bookstore on site. (laughs) Y'all, the food is phenomenal. Phenomenal. (laughs) I'm talking greens, corn pudding, chicken. Wow. I think they might even had brisket. So. Wow. Yes. Hit the cafe. And I want to say that I think it's a rarity that a museum has excellent food. I know. But I'm glad that they do. This one does. And the bookstore is great too. Lots of great books, content, clothing. So anyway, if you're a family looking for something to do over a break, this is a good place to go because I think it will spark some rich conversations and it will be a bonding experience for you, your children, your parents, whomever you're going with. It'll be an experience that connects you. And then you can do some of what Abby and I have been doing, like reflecting on what this means for our faith. What does this mean for our history? What does it mean for our place in community? And you can have those kind of deepening conversations with your family. So those are the two groups of people that I would say this experience could be most useful for. Yeah, I'm just thinking about families with kids. It may be an intense place to bring your children, but I think with some conversation leading up to the experience, Mm -hmm. it will be a full experience for children as well. Agreed. And I would say, you know, I don't know if I would bring my five or six-year-old through there, but I'd say second or third grade is probably a good age to start being able to engage with that experience. But, you know, every child's different, so you can engage for your children. Yep. Well, wonderful. Hey, thanks for sharing, Ben. And we're thankful that you got to have that experience and hopefully we'll all get to make it down there sometime soon. Yes. Thanks for having, I mean, we do this together. So of course I was going to be here, but it's good to have this conversation (laughs) with you, Abby. (laughs) It's always fun. (laughs) All right. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back again with another episode of The Review in the near future. So stay tuned. See you then. listening to the review. This was a bonus episode of the Center for Congregations podcast. Please take a moment and show your appreciation by leaving a five-star rating. If you'd like to find more resources for the good work you're doing, check out the Congregational Resource Guide at the crg.org. We'd like to thank our brilliant audio engineer, Jaden Lee, for the great work he does to keep us sounding intelligible. And we want to acknowledge that this show is made possible by the generosity of the Lilly Endowment. See you next time.